welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Talent shortages exist across all industries within all job families, and the cost of turnover is, uh, is ever-increasing. Here today to talk about how employees remain engaged and develop the knowledge needed to remain relevant and increase company value is Byron Clayton. Byron, it's great to have you with us. Thanks, Matt. I'm very happy to be here. Now, Byron and I have known each other for, well, probably about 12 years, and I've, I've followed Byron through, I'm just trying to think, probably four, four countries. Um, but Byron, you're just about to start a, a, a new role, or you've just started a new role. Uh, take us through your career background and your HR career up until now. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, I originally grew up in the United States, and I got both my degrees there, uh, one in psychology and human resources. But very quickly after starting my career, I got the opportunity to go overseas. And I've now been working uh, overseas continuously for 16 years. And as you said, in five different countries with five different companies across five different industries. So I've had the opportunity to work in Finland, Thailand, Singapore, Denmark, and now I'll be in the UK as the vice president of HR for AstraZeneca in Europe. And take us through some of the, the companies you've worked with, Byron, because there's some big names there. Yeah, so I started off my career in the insurance industry with Aetna U.S. Healthcare. Uh, then I moved into the telecom industry with Nokia, then into IT with Microsoft, uh, then the transportation industry with Maersk Line, and now, of course, into the pharmaceutical industry. Now, something I, I, I learned a few years ago, um, almost by mistake, was um, was actually your um, passion for the for the, the shipping sector. Tell, tell us a bit more about that interest outside of work. Yeah, so I've always had this interesting passion, starting from when I was a kid, about uh, ships. And it seems kind of a bizarre hobby for somebody who grew up on a farm in Texas, uh, but there was always the allure of the ocean. And... I started to take a lot of pictures of ships when I traveled, and then particularly when I moved to Singapore, I had a lot of access to ships where I was taking something like 20,000 pictures of ships a year. So I started to use that energy uh, to look at the history of ships and write shipping articles as a hobby. And that uh, very interesting hobby sort of took a life of its own, and I created a website, and it was just a great passion, and I thought there was an interesting opportunity to marry my personal path with my profession and take an opportunity to go work for Maersk Line, which is the biggest shipping company in the world, uh, which was a great experiment to try to see how I could, how I could bring these two great things together. Yeah, very interesting. And now obviously step change into um, a, a, a new sector. So b before we get started on, um, on the discussion around uh, the topic for today, which is talent ecosystem. Tell us about your role with uh, with AstraZeneca across Europe. Yeah, with AstraZeneca, um, I'll re be responsible for partnering with their commercial organization, which uh, supports 34 countries across eight uh, collective markets. Uh, this business delivers about 30% of the revenue for AstraZeneca and has about 6,600 employees with a variety of different markets, some of which are heavily influenced by different labor issues. 
and some of them which are incredibly fast-growing emerging markets. So it presents a great challenge for us in terms of how do we continue the business of today while transforming for the business that's required tomorrow for the new strategy that AstraZeneca has. Okay. Now let's um, let's move on to talent ecosystem. And 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 Byron, I, I understand um, this is a this is a term that's that's, that's been coined by yourself. Um, how does it work? Well, the talent ecosystem, it's really about getting all of the parts in the HR machine to work together and align towards common set of business goals. It's about being very clear in terms of what is the strategy of your organization, what are the key capabilities that are required, and the critical roles that may win against your competition, and how the HR organization is designed in order to deliver that value to the business. Okay, and um, and and what's led you to to, to think more about this uh, this concept? Where where where's it come from? It's a couple of different, let's say, philosophies that have sort of come together. I mean, one one part is you have this view on how do you really get aligned to the business, and I would I would describe myself as a talent centric business partner. I, I do believe that the role of HR is to really enable talent for a company. And that talent is really where you find the best competitive advantage, especially when, when all companies are competing so heavily today. You have this piece around the business, and then you have the piece around the HR organization. What I've found in a lot of big companies that HR can work really great and develop incredible world-class products, but a lot of times it's still very siloed. So you have the compensation team or the recruitment team or the talent team or the mobility team really doing best-in-class products for a company, but they aren't necessarily all clearly aligned towards delivering that core value that makes the company win against this competition. This talent ecosystem idea is really around, well, how do you how do you make sure that you marry those two pieces together in a very clear way and then deliver on that value to the business, which creates some interesting challenges and trade-offs in terms of how you run your HR organization. Yeah, no, I, I I I see that. So 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 let's talk about um, some of those challenges and 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 what have you seen and you know what have been the solutions to those. So, one of the ways to work through this, or the ways that that uh, I've looked at it, has been you know when you when you analyze the strategy of your company and you break it down into these these key capabilities and and critical multi incumbent roles is then you need to understand how do you then differentiate yourself from your competition. And that may mean that you need to have some differentiation as well within the products and services that you do from an HR organization. So some of the challenges you might face is that uh, if you have a compensation and benefits team, which is really doing an incredible job in terms of how they are developing uh, best-in-class products, but those best-in-class products may try to cover off an entire part of the organization instead of being really focused around how do they enable first a particular part of the organization that's going to make you win. And an example I might give is uh, if we take the airline industry, and let's say that we were working for a particular airline, and the strategy of the company through their different analytics that they've done, they've said that the way that they're going to win in the marketplace is providing uh, superior onboard customer service. Well, when you look at the organization, you have pilots, you have ground staff, you have flight attendants, uh, you have mechanics, 
you have people managing uh, routes, logistics, and of course, different functions. And how do you decide as an HR organization, or what is your people strategy aligned to support that? And what do you do? You know, you could very clearly say that the roles that are going to make you win to, to deliver against that strategy might be your flight attendants. And then how do you prioritize the way that you're going to recruit, attract, reward, and develop those people to make sure that you have the best in your industry? But you won't necessarily want to do that in the same way for your pilots or your mechanics or your ground staff. That doesn't mean that you're, you're not going to take care of them, but you have to find the right balance where you're going to overinvest in one part of the organization to clearly differentiate because that's your strategy. And how do you get all of your functions within HR to be aligned and supporting that outcome? Yeah, that's a very, very clear way of um, illustrating it. So back to you, you've mentioned the word alignment a number of times. Um, how how have you seen companies achieving that 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 alignment so that happens? You know, Matt, I think that's the hardest part. Uh, it really takes strong HR leadership at the top to not only be able to have that that crystallized vision of where HR needs to support the business, but being able to create that same buy-in with the business itself. Uh, any kind of a plan like this won't gain any traction if your senior leaders in the organization also don't believe it. And it really is, you know, putting the business strategy first and then having a, a people strategy or a talent strategy that is there and able to support it. And you need that leadership buy-in. And you need a strong HR leader who can then also, you know, help coalesce the HR leadership team and those functions towards those common goals. Because one of the big challenges you may find is that, you know, we have really great HR people out there who like to develop products, programs, and services. And sometimes they're trying to develop those things, I, I wouldn't say in a vacuum, but with a different agenda that may not be tied to the same agenda as a, as a company. And sometimes you have to get people to deprioritize uh, projects that they feel are really important. And that may be because they don't see that big picture in the same way. So it takes a really strong HR leader to help bring the team together and to set that common vision and agenda for delivering. Yeah. Now, listen, you talked about, um, I guess, defining an organization's competitive advantage or at least what, what makes that organization unique. Um, from the business side, as distinct from the HR side, what is what is important in terms of getting the business buy-in around the talent ecosystem concept? I think there's a very important link in being able to understand the business. So how does your business really make money? What What makes you win against your competition? What is it that you have to be able to do differently? And I, I think for me, that's the part around really being a true business partner is understanding how your business machine works, how your competition works, and then being able to link that back to your strategy. I mean, you have to be completely bought into the direction of your company and how you're going to help make that happen. And for me, that's this trusted relationship that you have to have with your senior leader and how you're able to communicate and collectively work towards that same goal is then what enables you to do this. So for me, that's why, you know, I, I think there's, there's several different pieces of the puzzle that have to come together here. And it, it is around 
understanding the business and putting business first, but then understanding what parts of talent actually make a difference because we are in a resource constrained environment. We don't have enough money or time to effectively pursue best in class in every part of the organization. Therefore, we must be selective. And that prioritization and deselection is critical. So making those smart decisions at the top and being aligned is what, what makes this work. Do you think um, the greater availability of data or you know, HR info management, HR uh, information systems, uh, you know, enhanced uh, practices around that is, is helping with the talent ecosystem or do you think it's independent of data? No, absolutely, Matt. I think data is a critical component of this because you, and it's not only just the data that HR has, but how do you use that HR data with the business data? So how are you able to be very clear on the performance of your organization? Where's the future of the business going to be? How are you thinking about, you know, costs within that equation, but then also being able to really pinpoint your people. So if you're trying to identify what are the critical roles, which a lot of that might be very much business-driven data, but then you, you also need to be able to talk about where are your best people, where are your A players. And you're going to need to have really good, robust data that's built on a solid foundation so that you have people using the data and communicating in the same way on a worldwide basis. So I think data becomes even more important in the future, but not data for the sake of itself, but how are you using that data, again, to deliver on your promise to the business? So have you seen the same trend that I've seen that you know HR leaders need to be a lot more comfortable with, I guess, data? They need to be a lot more comfortable with intimately understanding the business um, and I guess you know the 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 morphing of HR people sort of covering HR to becoming much more business specialists and data specialists. Yeah, I would agree with you, Matt. I do think that data is becoming more important, and especially the higher up you go within the organization, the more critical that becomes as a skill set. You know, I do think that HR people whether you're a business partner or somebody who's in a center of excellence role, whatever part of the organization, you need to have an appetite for data. I think that from a business partnering perspective, any business partner should be able to dissect uh, a company annual report and be able to determine what's the information, be able to understand the language that's in there. I mean, that's the kind of sophistication that we're going to need. And I've seen a lot of uh, HR people that unfortunately have an allergic reaction uh, to wanting to get into that kind of data. But I think there's a really important, I would almost call it a financial acumen that's required of HR people. If you can't explain how your company makes money in simple terms, in three sentences, then do you really understand how your business operates and can you really help support your business? And do you understand how you win against the competition? So I think we have to be far more sophisticated in terms of how we use data and particularly financial data within the HR organization. So I guess uh, the million dollar question and probably the final question is, do you think this financial um, acumen um, and you know, data um, awareness can be learned or is it something that you know, is just inher inherent in, in someone's capability? You know, Matt, I think there's two parts about it. You know, one is your attitude. You know, do you 
do you actually want to know? So there's, there's the first part of it is do you have the desire, do you have the will to want to know? Because I think if you have the right attitude, you can probably learn just about anything. And it's not that you have to be a financial expert, but you need to be able to understand the language. You need to know when they're talking about certain terms that you can grasp the overall concept. So I think if you have the right attitude, you know, you can learn it and you can practice it. It's just like learning a foreign language or anything else. Once you start to acquire the skills, you need to use them so that you don't, you know, lose the edge that you have there. But certainly the higher uh, professionals go within the HR value chain and the closer that they become to the business, the more frequent this is going to become part of their daily life and things that they're going to experience in management meetings. But I think it's just it's important that people who are early in their career start to think about that mindset and and building that capability earlier so that they'll they'll be better at it when they need it. Byron, good luck on the, the next chapter of your career with, with AstraZeneca. That was uh, Byron Clayton, uh, Vice President of HR for AstraZeneca for Europe, uh, talking about the concept of talent ecosystem. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.